The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Yeah, so I didn't want to take it. I wanted to add worms in the pile because I don't, I, I don't have a property. So I wanted to go around to all these farms, add like inoculate all their piles with worms, and then I would have an endless supply of worms, and they would have wonderful soil. It yeah. didn't end up happening, but anyone listening, that there you go. There's a little strategy for you. Yeah, well, I would think you'd want to pick up the manure, right, and bring it to your facility if you had one, and compost it there because. But that's know. a challenge. Yeah. Mitch, the, the, problem, the problem with that is because as soon as you're moving any um, waste, now you're a waste hauler. Now you have to have an environmental yeah, assessment. Yeah, New Jersey's the same way. If you right? want to set up a company, some of the questions they ask are about, do you haul hazardous waste? Do you move this? Do you do organic? Then you need other licenses. And you got to be controlled by the DEP and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Right. So it, it becomes very complicated on how, like same, uh, <laughs> I wrote my town and said that I was like um, recycling dilapidated. I'm in, I'm in the, where I live is used to be the vegetable, the carrot and onion capital for Canada. Okay. So we you have s- a lot of farms and we have dilap- dilapidated vegetable crates. You know, they don't have any bottom. Yeah. And I was like, these will be perfect worm bins for outside. They don't have a bottom. This is perfect. Okay. So I wrote the town and told them that I was using <laughs> recycling dilapidated vegetable crates. And they sent bylaw after me. <laughs> what were you doing wrong? They said, you can't run that business from your house. And I'm like, what? what? Why not? Because I was too honest. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. 
All right. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. This should be an interesting uh, conversation. Never had one about worms before. Worms uh, we'll and worm about- business. <laughs> right. And worm business. So maybe you want to take 20 seconds, introduce yourself, and then we'll get on to the interview. Absolutely. My working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. <laughs> Simple yeah. solutions for today's challenges. Worms for indoor composting. Who doesn't want that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kathy. So maybe we were talking before, maybe we can go back a little bit to, you know, your background, your history, kind of, I, I, I know you're up in Canada, right? You said you're up in Canada? Yes, that's right. You know, how you got into w- w- what we call, you and I call like earthy sciences and things like that with worms and stuff like that, because I find it fascinating. I, I think I'm the perfect guest for your podcast, Mitch, because <laughs> I really am the accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> there it is. Boom. We can end it right Just here. Fell into it. Right <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was a secretary for 20 years. I okay. actually worked as a legal secretary for part of that time. And my last 10 years was as a temporary secretary. So I would spell people off for vacations or mat leave um, Got it. or special projects. You were the fill-in, the backup person. The fill-in person, exactly. All right. the while getting my psych degree. So I worked 20 years oh as a secretary. And I really thought that was my lot in life. I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Most Uh, people say. Right. That's the accidental part. And uh, so I am in Canada. At the time I was in Toronto, largest city for Canada uh, or in Canada. And in 2002, (laughs) our landfill closed and we started Uh to export our garbage. Although we're a pretty large country, we couldn't find it. Just because landfill was full? Is that why? Yeah. The landfill filled up. And although we couldn't find a new spot for a new landfill, um, we started to export our garbage to the U.S. A thousand trucks a week. Yeah, you're welcome. I know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, Mitch, that wasn't our doing, not the people. That was the government. The government said, oh, we need a solution. What are we going to do? Oh, Michigan is the trash capital. So let's export our garbage to Michigan. And and Michigan said, sure, but it's going to cost you. Right, of course. It was a business transaction, a bad one. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah, was by it was. accident because they didn't plan. Like, they, you know, governments aren't in business to plan. They're not even in business. Um, you know, they're there to make their mark for in their three or four years, however long the term is. Yeah. So they're not, they're not really forward thinkers where they're like, oh, my gosh, 30 years from now. They don't, they're not. Right. They're thinking next year. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. So the garbage is, so the landfill's full. Now, now what do you do? So I had a solution, you know, all the while, like kind of the backstory to that even is I bought a house in 93, moved out of Toronto into a small town. I couldn't wait to start gardening and composting. And in 93, a teacher friend asked me to look after her worms for the summer. And I was like, like, pet worms, you got to watch them, but. Well, worm composting. So she had a worm in her worm bin in her school. Die or whatever, right? Right. So, yeah. And so she she was going away, and she needed someone to look after them. So, as an avid gardener, I knew the value of the worm compost, but I didn't want worms in my house. I didn't want to do the right. part. <laughs> uh, but she I think, keep them in the house. Yeah. So this is indoor composting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. I know. Right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy idea. Yeah. Here we are, 21 years later, still in business. I guess in the wintertime that works, right? So, Right, yeah, or hot places, but we'll talk about that. So that summer I looked after her worms because I I come from a place where I think we should do things for ourselves rather than have somebody say, oh, you won't like that, like saving you the trouble. No, go try things, people. (laughs) So I took on the challenge, 
And I had the worms in my house for the summer. It was a it was a horrible experience because I didn't manage it properly. I would open it up, throw the food in, and you know, I was like, I don't want worms in my house, but there they were. (laughs) I told my friend I'd look after them. Worms, Kathy. What do you feed them? Uh, So they eat food scraps and paper. It's a really, I believe worms are going to play an ever-increasing role in waste management, soil production, and therefore food security. So I started my business as a waste management tool. Six million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos, townhouses, without space for outdoor composting. So this was a solution. So when our landfill closed, I said, oh my gosh, I have a solution. And so I kind of set things in motion to just start a business. Okay. Because I had a solution. And right. I didn't realize, because I didn't have business acumen, I didn't realize that people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. Always. Right? And they didn't necessarily want worms in the house. Right. <laughs> right. So I started to do, I would have a, a table, you know, at home shows or okay. markets, anywhere I could have a table, I would have a table to educate people. And right. I quickly realized that people were afraid of worms. Yeah, they're like, who's the crazy worm lady, right? And, yeah, yeah. Not, not in this lifetime am I having worms right. in my house. So I was yeah. like, how am I going to do this? And yeah. I started to take on school workshops. Okay. And but at I this said, point, you wanted it to be a business. You were trying to promote the idea, so people would they would buy worms from you. Was that the whole concept? Like it you was. Were gonna sell- the worms okay yeah i sell the worms for in the house um do it yourself so i you know rather than selling the compost like lots of mistakes that i made yeah make your own compost but you know again not everyone wants to do the process they just want the end product right right well how many i know we're jumping around but (laughs) how how much how many worms can actually consume and compost you know an average household's garbage you know we got maybe Two kids and and uh, spouses. I don't know. Like how much? You. It sounds to me like you need a lot of worms. Yeah. So so the guideline is. So when I was researching my business, I yeah. heard. So these are special worms. They're red wiggler worms. Um, there oh, are four types. Worms. It's not like earthworms and. They are earthworms. Um, there's okay. just like thousands of different varieties, and oh, okay. these Earth are spoiled worms. indoor ones. Okay. These are like indoor ones, like you, you like you know, pets. Like you have some indoor pets and some outdoor pets. These are indoor right? pets. Right, exactly. Okay, so they're more domesticated. Okay. These, these are the yeah. uh, the. Um... They're better behaved if they're running around. Your kid. <laughs> they're not yeah. the free range ones. They're they're, they're kept in in right. the house. <laughs> so are they? Well, I'll, you we'll get into that. So so this is kind of variety. How long did it take you to figure out like what's the right variety to use for compost? You knew that because of your friend or. I knew that because of my friend. And then when I started to do research um, in this whole thing, then I, then I, yeah, then I found out. Um, So I, when I was researching, I I read that a pound of worms and their descendants could transform a ton of organic waste in a year. And that the average Canadian slash American family produces a ton of organic waste in a year. It's about what we do. One ton is the average household. Yes. Of organic okay. matter. So that's all you Worms, like what, what are we looking at? Like a, a like pound a of worms is a two good handfuls. So it's 800 okay. to 1,000 worms in a pound. Okay, but okay, but that's. And they're small. They're, they're teeny worms. Okay. So they will eat about half their weight. So if you have a pound of worms, you're looking at half a pound of food waste per day or three to four pounds per week. It's substantial. And then oh, the so they eat half their weight a day? A day per day, yes. 
Okay. So they're they're voracious eaters. They're breaking down all the material. They're eating food scraps and paper. So they need carbon and nitrogen, just like okay. outdoor composting, except right. it's done inside. And right. um, yeah, they're eating all of that material. Then they're converting that into compost. So their poop, which is basically soil, like a rich, soil, nutrient soil. rich. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. So so, the, so you're I don't know what what they're in a tank or a container or whatever. The garbage is in there and then the dirt is being produced. So it's like converting itself over. So you're yes. always mixing it together, basically. You don't have to mix it. They do the mixing. The worms are the original alchemists. Okay. They take garbage and turn it into yeah. black gold. Wow. Yeah, right. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's okay. magic. And so after starting my business, I realized people were afraid of worms. I have a psychology degree, so I'm fascinated by people. Yeah. <laughs> And why people do what they do. Yeah, and it's funny how worms are just, I guess, because they're slimy. But it's not like they bite or they do anything to you. You know, those people are just funny. Well, you know what happened? When I realized that I'm meeting a lot of people as adults who may have been traumatized as children in the schoolyard or by a sibling after a rainy day when the worms come out. And then right. they get chased around. Here you go. And they throw it at you, right? Yeah. So if you were, right, if you were traumatized as a child by something, you're not looking to that as a solution as an adult. Right, so, I, right. so I'm doing a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of therapy for people. Like I say, right. do you want to get taller? Because, you know, if we're afraid of something, some of that energy is bound up. Yeah. We're not even aware. It's just, it's right. just tied up. It's affecting us, stress or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's affecting not, us. It's an irrational fear, really. I mean, it's nothing. So you know, are most not- of our fears. Yeah, well, you're right. Good point. Right? Fear is yeah. irrational. It is. Right. <laughs> Facing it or experiencing it and saying, oh, this isn't so bad. I mean, you know, whatever. Right? Exactly. It's just the un- fear is simply the unknown. And I do a lot of school ed- workshops and I, I compare it to um, like fear of worms to the fear of dark. If we're afraid of the dark, we just don't know what's going to happen when we turn the lights out. Right. Same right. with the worms. We're like, oh, what's going to happen? Are they going to get out at night and be all over my house? No. <laughs> Right, they live in the dark. If we look at nature, they live in the dark. They don't have eyes. No point in going sightseeing. They can't see. Right, they can get out of the container. I'm sure. Right, right. Or if they if they are crawling out, it's not that they can't get out. They can get out of any hole. They don't have any bones. Um, but the only reason they would crawl out of the container is if the conditions weren't right in the container. So they're right. being they burned. They don't want to go anywhere. Right. If they have enough to eat and the conditions are right, like a lot of the material that we're putting in is acidic. Think about coffee grounds, very acidic. Yeah. Um, so we balance the acidity with eggshells, another way to manage oh, some of our I food. That's why people throwing eggshells in their compost. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the worms require the calcium for reproduction, helps balance the pH, and it's a beautiful thing. And this is a great project for kids to get- Is that what you do? You're going into, what, like what grades are you, are you going into? All the way up to high school? I go to, all the way to uni. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's the same presentation, Mitch. It's so beautiful. I start, I go to kindergarten, I go to university and it's the same talk, except I just add in more information, you know, like, it's like, here's how it works. Here's how we set it up. Right. Let's you bring it with you, right? You got like a whole presentation to get your worms traveling with you and stuff. Absolutely. And in the, in the younger, like elementary and high school, I'll set them up with worms in the classroom. Yeah. Oh, then they, they'll do it as a as a project in the class and they'll compost. And some teachers have reported having a worm bin in the class. Some of the students will eat better 
because they want to be involved with that project, but they don't eat cookies. They don't eat chips or cheese strings. They want to eat something that the worms will eat. Like Yeah. So it's like, oh, if you want to feed the worms, uh, Jimmy or Johnny or uh, Tammy, you need to bring in a, something they can eat. So then, like okay, bring the in a banana, those. bring in an apple. Right. Okay. So then they'll say, oh, I have my apple. I want to feed the worms. It's like, no, you got to eat the apple. Right. They, they just want the core. Leftover, right. So there's so many ways to incorporate this into the learning. And it really is, for me, my mission is to help people overcome their fear of worms. I didn't know that that was my goal, but. (laughs) And also change the planet a little bit, right? At the same time, it's a social business helping. Absolutely is a social business. We all eat, we all create food scraps. And this is one way we can all do our part to help mitigate climate change. It really is. And you're a social entrepreneur. Absolutely. And and quickly into my business, I realized that um, the waste management part might be the side piece, that the black gold that the worms are creating is the magic. Because in North America, we have destroyed our soil. Yeah. We've done monocropping, soy, wheat, corn. Yeah, depleted it all, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really a mess. And yeah. when, when, we've, when you make your soil addicted to chemicals like the plant. So we're spraying all this aside on there to kill all the bugs. Aside means death. Anything like herbicide, pesticide, fungicide. I got it. Yeah. Right. It means death. And it's not just killing the bug they want to kill. It wipes out. It's like when we take antibiotics, we're not, we're not killing just that infection. We're killing everything. Just that. Right. You kill all the bacteria in your body. Right. Kill it all. Then we got to reapply good stuff. So right. If we can go back to adding this in, so, you know, that's what I realized early on is that people wanted the final product. Right. They wanted yeah. the soil. They want the soil. Yeah. So that was, 93 was when you took care of your friend's worms. And then how long did it take you to get to the point where you started saying, you know what, this could be something? Well, I actually said, I'm never doing this right again away. at the end of that summer. <laughs> I was like, no, this is awful. Get these worms out of my house. This yeah. is awful. I'm not doing this. I'm just going to buy worm poo. And then it's like... <laughs> Fast forward, I was getting my psych degree. I graduated in 2000. I just went at night, by the way. Oh, this seven years. Okay, so this <laughs> took is some me time 15 years. <laughs> well, that's okay. You did it. I Sorry. say to the kids, stay in school. You'll get there. The time goes by. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you had other things going on. So, you know, it wasn't like you're just going full time. Oh, I wasn't. I was traveling. Um, I was doing all kinds of stuff. You just having a good time. Okay. I was just living my life and I was really going to school, not for the, not for the piece of paper. I just like learning. I just love meeting the people and learning. Okay. Um, the degree was a bonus out of getting yeah. the, you know, it gives me street cred, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's the funny, it's usually the opposite. People are just going to get the degree and they don't care about the learning process. Right. <laughs> right. right, right. I'm, I'm unique. I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was 2000. So you really weren't in the worm business until, after yeah, till 2000. So what happened? I got a job at a group home working with challenged adults. And I thought I had come home. Oh, my gosh. I thought that's why I was put on earth. I loved working with that demographic. Um, they had 10 homes and a farm and they didn't compost. Uh, and when I asked them about composting, because they paid a lot of money, if you create any organic matter, you get, you pay a lot to get rid of it. Universities, restaurants, grocery grocery stores. Yeah. You know, anywhere that's creating organic matter, after it's your meal, it, it turns into the devil. You know, it starts to rot, attract rodents and fruit flies right. and smell. Yeah, they got to get rid of it, right? You got to yeah. get rid of it and you pay a lot. Right. But rid of it means it's going somewhere. <laughs> it's going right. away to the environment. Yeah. There's just another <laughs> landfill somewhere. 
right? Yeah. So when I spoke to them about composting, the greenhouse manager said, what about worm composting? Oh my gosh. And I got that feeling in my stomach, like, ah, that didn't work the first time I tried that. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. Right. But then I came to my, when I came home, I realized, oh, wait a minute, it's an institution. They're not doing this anytime soon. And I started to do research. And then I was reignited. I was like, oh my gosh, these worms are magic. So, you know, sometimes in life, we need to hear things more than once to hear oh, the most message. Times life. Yeah. So that's Sometimes what happened. A lot of time you hear it. <laughs> that's what they say in marketing, right? People, you have to, people have to see you 15, 16 times now. It used to be five or six until they were like really recognize that you're there. Sometimes you experience something that you really weren't that, that you were like, wow, that's fantastic. And then somebody else says to you, I've been telling you this for seven years and you don't listen to me, but because you saw it in another context, you had some other experience, you accepted that. I guess that's all the psychology side of it, right? Exact right, exactly. Yeah, so that so I think that's kind of what what happened is, um, yeah, I just kind of heard it again. Start and I was like, oh, wow, and read right. all that stuff about they eat half their weight, turn garbage into gold. They have five hearts each, really? eight hundred to a thousand worms in a pound, four to five thousand hearts in a pound of worms. So I say, if you're having trouble with your relationship, get worms. Like they're yeah, so loving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it t- so it took time, but when I when yeah, and and once I realized that this was a thing, I actually set that group home up with a worm bin and anyway, I got injured at work and then I oh. had to leave because I was actually a freelance behavior management specialist, which sounds impressive, but it doesn't fit on a business card. And, <laughs> and that was at the group homes. You got injured and then you couldn't work there anymore? Exactly. So, um yeah, freelance me- meant I didn't, you know, I might have got paid a whack dough, but I didn't have a, f- a safety net. When you couldn't work, they just let you go, right? Well, I quit. They said I could come in, but I was afraid I couldn't function. I wasn't, I, I felt like I wasn't effective as in that role anymore. Okay. So I, so I, so I came home from work. I find the universe is so magic how things are put in your place right funny? at the time. Yeah. So I came home, there was an ad in the paper. It said, are you a woman? Do you have a business idea? It was a... To, to take a course, a business course to write a business plan. And oh, I was like, perfect. oh, hey. A lot of people should do that to get started, and they don't. Then they yeah. don't. Right. So I, yeah, I turned to my husband. I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm taking this course. I'm, I'm starting a worm business. <laughs> right. Well, so, so you say you're the accidental entrepreneur, but you did do things at the beginning to, you know, to, to learn about business processes and writing their plan down and figuring it out ahead of time. I mean, all that stuff counts that you saw the course but you know timing's everything right just happen to be looking at it and they had the course available and so forth so but you were you were convinced of worms at that point i was yeah i was so much so that i thought everyone needed what i had and i that's how i did my messaging like oh no you need this like don't poo poo me don't walk away from me no you need this come back here (laughs) you come back here right yeah, exactly. And, and you know, over the years, Mitch, I've had so many cheerleaders, so many people saying, wow, this is so good what you're doing. And then my question, like, at first I'd be like, oh, yes, thank you. I'm, I'm a good person. And then I kind of got tired of people saying that because I would say, do you have worms? Right. Like, you can't just. It sounds like a medical question. Do you have worms? <laughs> you have a doctor, you have worms. <laughs> No, people will be people get the wrong impression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I'm sure people were like, "Oh yeah, great, Kathy. What do you? Do? Oh, worms, really? 
oh no, I don't want to do that. Right. Well, they, they say, oh, that's really interesting. It's so great. Oh, good for you for doing what you're doing. Right. Do you want them in your kitchen? No. But, yeah. Do you want to do right. this? Oh, my, then they'll say, oh, my husband wouldn't let me or my wife wouldn't let me. Or That's a lie, by the way. The husbands don't care. The wives may care. Husbands don't. <laughs> no, it's both. It's actually, it's, it's fascinating. My house. Yeah, right. I, it's, it's the people fear. Like they just, you know, ugh. It's like that dirty. it's that traumatized it's thing. I think that people were traumatized yeah. and then, you know, so you can't even look there. You can't even hear that message and it's not conscious. I think it's that book. Do they have that book? Uh, did you read that book in Canada when you were young called How to Eat Fried Worms? Oh, <laughs> I think, that I think it, yeah. Because that was a kid who had to eat it at a dare or because he was bullied or something like that. And it was, that was the, I think it's Judy Bloom or something. That's what it was all about. Yes. So if so if you connected those two, you probably have this unreasonable and, and psychosomatic fear of worms. I read the book. I don't have a fear of worms, but I was a fisherman. So I, I, I don't mind worms. You know, they, they help me catch fish. I don't, I don't mind that. Now, in my lawn, like, so if I go out in the storm and there's a lot of worms like coming out after the storm out of the ground, does that mean that I have pretty good soil because there's a lot of worms living in there? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Don't you notice that there's less than there was like when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. We used to go and just dig up worms everywhere to go fishing, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. I, I think that the worms are the canary of the coal mine. I really do. That we've added so many chemicals and there's so much pollutants in the air that showers down on our, our earth. Um, yeah, that we're really destroying and, and tilling. So back to our farming, we've we've really disrupted the whole system by tilling every every year or a couple times a year. We're really yeah. destroying the whole um, system, the whole um, yeah. ecostruct, the structure of the system. Yeah, the soil. well, they're in the food chain, right? They're down at the bottom from what we produce. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm curious. So everything has a you know a supply chain, right? I mean, they all. So how, how, how do you get worms? Like what? What, you got to grow your own? Is there worm manufacturers you can order worms through? Is there a whole industry of manufacturing of different or growing, I guess, raising of worms? Um, there are more and more becoming available. Um, there's okay. a lot of growers in the states. The, the warmer states are the large worm um, growing states, Florida, Texas, California, Georgia. Um, okay. That's where the industry is. So you, So they ship them to you? Yeah, I was I was importing, um, and then we were growing. Um, yeah, so we've kind of done a combination of of, of things. It's it's fascinating. Right. But is it easy to raise worms? Like if it's you easy. It's very so you easy. Can create your own supply. So that's a pretty good business if you can. You don't have to buy supplies. You can ma- magically create them yourself. Yes, and th- and that's one of the challenges with the worm industry is because they do, you know, it's low entry to get into business. You know, you can just right. buy a pound or two of worms, get yeah. started, away you go. Right. Um, that's the challenge. I get a- over the years, I've had so many people call and say, okay, I want to start a, ba-, you know, I was just downsized. I want to start a worm business. What do I do? Well, I say you write a business plan first. Right, of course. Who do, but- who do I market to? Well, whoever you decide your market is. Right. Right. Like, okay, I'm not a business coach. So, um, do you have a right. worm question for me? Are you buying right, from exactly. me? Or- oh my God, you got to do the business. That's the easy part. You got to learn the worms. You got to learn. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I've had people buy from me 25 or 50 pounds of worms and they have no idea what they're doing. And then they call me and say, the worms died. What happened? 50 pounds of worms? Yeah. 
like they're going to start a business. And right. so I say, if you're going to start a business, know what you're doing. They're living creatures. Like yeah. start with a pound of worms. Don't start right. with a big investment. My goodness. Yeah. How do you even feed that many worms? You got to put a lot of compost in, right? They can't all be, can they all be in one big bin? Oh, they can, but they need space, you, you know. Yeah. So you got to separate them out so they can get to the food and whatever. And there's you know, lots I, of. And there, I know I was just going to say is the, is like the, is the, the garbage, let's call it right. The, the organic garbage that's not mixed in with the soil. Right. So how do you, how does the soil, how do you get the clean soil out of there to use? Yeah. You have to harvest them. So, so imagine that they're, if in the household, they're in a Rubbermaid bin, something okay. that size, Yeah, right. that would, that would house a pound of worms. That's fine. Okay. Your bedding would be shredded paper. So that's your carbon that's source. Right drink trays, egg cartons, that kind of material, so cardboard. Um, just mix through it. It's about half full. Okay. Your container's half full. You got a little bit of soil in there, just about okay. um, a pint of soil, like a one a shovel, Very some eggshells and water. That's your bedding. Okay. The worms okay. are on top. They make their way in. And then when you're feeding them your food scraps, your fruit and veg, coffee, tea, pasta, rice, um, you pull back, you bury the food in the bedding. Make sure it's covered so you don't get fruit flies. Okay. Um, rotate around. You're adding the paper, adding the food, and then three to five months, the worms convert it all. So you've got all the black gold in there. So you're and not then, adding any more because you don't need to. Right. You want to harvest at that point. So you would. The easiest way, if people are comfortable, is dump and sort. So you dump it out on a plastic sheet. Put it in small round piles. The worms are photosensitive or afraid of the light. They go down into the piles, scoop off okay. the top, scoop around the sides. Maybe okay. an hour to do a bin to separate your compost. So it's you said you're to compost a bin, uh, a pound of worms, let's say, and, and the garbage that goes with it. It's about four to five months. Yes, and there's it's a lot of uh, a lot of um, factors that affect how long it will take: moisture, temperature, airflow, particle size, type of food. So think about cabbage versus lettuce. Yeah. Cabbage is going to last forever. It, it takes on a life of its own. You can freeze it, thaw it, still looks like a cabbage. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, where you're so your lettuce is going to break down very quickly and go away. Yeah. So some things break easier than others. Yes. But but then if you continue to compost other things, you have to start a new bin, don't you? Yeah. So the worms have a phenomenal reproduction rate. They re breed more than rabbits, but you know, they're not cute and cuddly, depending who you no. ask. Um, right. <laughs> so they're breeding in there too, and they're growing. Absolutely. They're, they, they're hermaphrodites. They both get pregnant up to, okay. up to 20 babies in each egg. They create an egg every week. I mean, it's what one There's student asked me, one student asked me, how many worms can one worm produce in a lifetime? And I said, here's the formula. I want you to send me them the answer. <laughs> Once you I'm put it through it. your computer program. <laughs> what did he say? I, I did get an answer. Um, yeah. I think he was on the spectrum, this young, young man. And uh, so it was a beautiful challenge. And about a week later I did get an, uh, an email. I can't remember. It was a really big long number. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be. <laughs> and I don't yeah. even know if it was right. <laughs> what do you, what do you right? Of course you didn't check it. So what do you do with the bin? Is that you just got worms and worms and worms of reproducing themselves? Well, I don't want to freak people out. I want to let you yeah, know that the worms. Me out. I get yeah. worms everywhere. No, the worms have an incredible stop uh, reproduction. They have they will reproduce to fill their space based reproduce to fill their space based on available space and food. So you would never be overrun with worms. Impossible. Got it. So they stop reproducing because of the food supply and because of the space that they have. 
Right. And then the okay. adults will start dying off to make room for the babies, which are more adaptable than the adults, just like life. Yeah, I know. That's very interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll tell you what. We're going to take a commercial break. It's like okay. two minutes. And then we come back. I want to talk. Also, you have another business, right? You got into Sprouts, and we can talk about that and what you're doing there. And then a little bit about the things you learned about writing a business plan and advice for people and what you would do differently and things like that in general, not just specifically to the worm business. All right? Absolutely. Let's take a commercial and we'll come back. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, Kathy, thanks for your patience there. Um, let's. Can we talk a little bit about uh, Kathy's sprouters? Oops. Did you lose your earpiece there? There we go. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about Kathy Sprouters and what that is? And absolutely, yes, let's yeah. do it. Okay, let's tell me about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm on. <laughs> okay, here you are. Yeah, we're on. So, on. Kathy Sprouters, yes, my very first um, vendor event in 2002. Okay. was uh, in April, April of 2002, and there was a gentleman selling a. It, it was a sprout grower. It looked like a spaceship. Okay. And I didn't know anything like about... a dish with a cover on it, like a dome. Exactly. Yeah. Just okay. like, yeah, yeah, just a little, about the size of a dinner plate with a plastic dome. It looked like a spaceship, like a little UFO thing. Okay. And so I, it was, his booth was really busy. <laughs> and I said, when there was a break in the audience, I said, what is that spaceship thing? And why is everyone buying that and not my worms? Right. <laughs> Probably just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a gardening event. <laughs> and okay. so he said, you know, it's a sprout grower and told me all the beautiful things about sprouts. So sprouts are nature's, he didn't say all this. This is what I've 
what I've come up with over the years. Sprouts are nature's uh, original fast food. So they grow okay. in a day or two. Uh, they ha- they're hydrating, alkalizing, regenerative, biogenic, and contain up to 100 times more digestive enzymes than raw vegetables. Sometimes when we're, so when we're born, we're given a certain amount of enzymes. If yeah. we're not eating salad or raw vegetables with our meal, we're not getting enzymes. So our body uses our reserves. As we start to age, we, get, we may get digestive issues. And yeah. we go to the doctor. The doctor says, here's a prescription for enzyme right. pills. Yeah. Instead of taking an enzyme pill, I'm suggesting that people just grow their own. And yeah. s- hopefully that enzyme pill has some natural element in it. <laughs> but imagine if we didn't have to take a pill. Right. Well, so sprouts are kind of like like microgreens. It's the it's the seed that is sprouted but hasn't grown into whatever vegetable it's going to be, right? Absolutely. Right. So sprouts are pre-microgreen. So once they become get more than two leaves, now they're microgreens. Got it. So just along the food chain. So sprouts have even more benefits to you than microgreens do. They do. And they serve a different purpose. Like not different. Uh, Microgreens have different properties. So microgreens have chlorophyll in them for one thing that Uh, is not in sprouts. Right. It's which is in the leaves. Right. Um, But yeah, all very beneficial. So beautiful. Can any seed be a sprout? Absolutely. Yeah. Any, um, you can eat almost any seed. There is a couple like kidney seeds. Uh, you can sprout them and then cook them, but you don't eat them raw, but there's very few seeds that you can't eat raw. I see. So most of me, oh, why can't you eat kidney? Cause your body can't digest the kidney beans. If they're... there's something toxic in the kidney bean when oh, it's, toxic. when it's not cooked. Right. When it's All raw right. and there's very few, there are a few seeds like that, but very few, um, not to scare people, right? It's like not like mushrooms because there's probably more toxins. Yeah, but you always think of like bean sprouts. You think of alfalfa sprouts. Those are the kind of things you think of when you when you think of sprouts, right? And it's the bean sprouts that are my health plant. So at this very first event, Tony is his name. He's a ballroom dancer, by the way, professional ballroom dancer. He was 72. He's going to be, I think he's 95 this year, 94, 95. Awesome. And he still lives on his own, by the way. So 72, I was very something. (laughs) right? They are 72. I couldn't, I couldn't believe this gentleman and, and he's a ballroom dancer. So he was, you know, has the proper posture, like a lovely gentleman. And I I was just amazed when he said that he was 72, still working a show. Like it's, it's not easy. Pardon? Doesn't look 72. Oh, well, he always looked uh, like an older man, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, with the white hair and whatever, uh, but just in good shape, like just like a lean body and yeah. like a- a- agile, just, you know, very vibrant and, and... Is he a vegetarian or... No. No, no he's not. Not vegetarian, okay. omnivore, but just um, eating sprouts every day, every day, every day. And he, he designed this, you know, the reason he started his business... Um, when he, when his five-year-old, like years and years ago, <laughs> he was putting his five-year-old in the back seat and he did something to his back. Doctors wanted to operate on his spine and he did research, like rather than have the surgery, he went and did research. <laughs> and I say to the kids, he didn't go- Google, he didn't look, he no, had to go to the library, look up the yeah. paper, go and find right. the book. <laughs> right. All that was a process. <laughs> I know. And then read the book. <laughs> yeah. 
It wasn't like it tells you what it is now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Google yeah. or Siri or whatever. Anyway, yeah, five, okay. five minutes we could do the kind of research that probably took him months. Months, right? Yeah, yeah, to do all the reading, writing the stuff. Anyway, so he he was like, "Wow, sprouts are so beneficial." So he he over the years created a few different products. Over the years, he also got prob- they called it food poisoning, but it was probably like E. coli or salmonella okay. at that time from sprouts. Right. Because oh. uh, because if you don't do it properly, um, it's super fresh food. So sometimes people Spoils. sprout in jars, and if yeah. there's any moisture left there, that's where the bacteria can grow. Got it. So people need to be careful about sprouting for sure. They need to be mindful to keep it rinsed and clean. And with Tony's system, it's so beautiful. I was spoiled, Mitch. I was so spoiled for 21 years. I've eaten these sprouts. It's my health plan, a big, big part of my health plan. And so, yeah, Tony said, if you're going to do this, start your day with a better way to grow the sprout so you don't get sick. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So this system that he has is a plastic top, plastic bottom. So it doesn't sit on. It's aerobic process, yeah. meaning with oxygen. So you yeah, don't- I see it on your website. It's kind of like a, it looks like a strainer bowl that's inside of a plastic dome kind of a thing. Is that, is that yes. about right? Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it creates a little microclimate. So that's why it works so fast. It's the heat and humidity that helps it work. In the summer, it's about less than 24 hours that you get edible sprouts in the winter uh, maybe 36 to 48 hours depending how warm you keep your place and um yeah and then once they're ready once the root is the size of the bean that's when they're most nutritious and i start my day with two tablespoons of those sprouted beans uh the bean sprouts for that mostly for the enzymes to prepare my body for the other foods that i'm going to eat during the day so you're basically uh a rep for him I mean, that's what you're selling, right? His yes. product or other things that you sell on that site? Um, well, I sell the beans as well. I have a whole variety of certified organic beans. And that's what I would say to people. Over the years, people have asked me, oh, can I just go and get beans from anywhere? Or I have beans right. in the cupboard. Can I just like those use dry Mr. beans that are in a bag in the supermarket? And you got to soak them for three days or something. Those, right. Can I just those, use right? those? Yeah. So what I tell people is if you've got beans at home, you can try them for sure. If they don't all sprout, then you better have your dentist on, on speed dial because you're going to chip a tooth. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure they're good quality. You're sprouting for your health. So right. the price difference between certified organic and conventionally grown seeds, it's nominal. Pennies. It's, not, it's no, yeah. So organic just means they didn't use herbicides and things like that, pesticides. That's right. That's right. And which means less chemicals in our body that our body then needs to do something with. Right. Because the beans absorb that stuff, I would assume, right? Yes. Yeah. We're just like rivers of chemicals, I think now. It's gotten to the point where everyone, they say everyone's blood would test with some sort of chemical anywhere on the planet these days. I know, right? So I think the more we can do, that's why you know, creating our own compost with the worms. And then that is nutrient rich soil. So then we can grow more nutrient rich food. And then same with the sprouts. If we're growing our own, we're in charge of the freshness. Sometimes when we buy sprouts sprouted like alfalfa sprouts or broccoli sprouts, bean sprouts, you know, you can buy those giant bags of bean sprouts. If they grow in a day or two, Mitch, what did they put on them? So they stopped growing. Right. How did they go from the farm into a bag to the distributor to the into the truck to the store onto the shelf? They couldn't have taken a day. 
right? Like How did we, they come from China? How did they come from China? Yeah, they got to be sprayed with something, spr- right? They had to do something. And sometimes when you buy those sprouts at the grocery store, they yeah. already have that funky smell or that yeah, they're, they're a slimy, slimy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's the bacteria. Yeah. That's the bad part. If they ever smell bad, throw them away. Yeah. They're, they've anyway. gone. They're, they're, they're gone already. Yeah. Absolutely. So feed them to your worms. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so you must do a lot of gardening then, right? Because you're, you got all this great soil and you find that your gardens are just much more robust than before. Well, people ask me, are you a gardener? I say, I'm a soil maker. When we look after the soil, the soil looks after the plant. I don't even need a shovel. No, I don't need a shovel in my garden. Well, you my... Are you selling the soil? No. You're selling I, the well, water. you asked me to talk about some of the challenges with with my business yeah there you go it's good that's a good segue because we're going to get into that it's a good segue it is because when i started my business so if anyone's listening thinking i'm going to start a worm business here's here's a tip or any business any business but but a worm business in particular don't sell the worms they're the workers (laughs) but i wanted everybody to do this so i sell the worms by the pound (laughs) okay i'm selling worms so everybody can make their own compost not everybody wants to Right. People want to buy the nice soil from you. They just want to buy the soil. They do the work. Right. But yeah. I don't make enough compost. So I would say if you're going to start a worm bin, focus on the compost. It right. needs to That's be reapplied several times a year. So yeah. you have repeat customers. I don't have repeat customers. It's a ridiculous business model. Right. <laughs> right. Because yeah. when you get you're worms. giving they, them the worms. They don't need you anymore. They don't need me anymore unless something happens right. and they need yeah. the worm hotline. But You want a business that's recurring revenue, that things wear out, that you got to get more, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you have to have a pretty big operation. If you really want to sell a lot of soil, you sell bags of soil, you have to have a lot of bins going on. Well, in, in that oil. case, you wouldn't have bins. If you're looking at doing the compost, then you're probably going to do it in a barn because you want to. So the challenge with the worms is they're pure protein. Yeah. So although we may be adverse to eating them, (laughs) um, there's a lot of critters in, there's a lot of critters that love worms, you know, all your rodents, raccoons, um, snakes, frogs, right? Your amphibians, lizards, all of your, there's so many things that eat worms, fish, well, fish, (laughs) fish. I say to the kids, are fish natural predators? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they say, no, and I say, yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not like the worms are like. I'm bored. Let's go tease the fish. <laughs> right, no, that's funny. That's true. <laughs> Thank right? you. They only end up in there if they're on a hook. <laughs> right, right. So, so if you're going to do this so that you're creating compost, so you can sell the compost, you're going to have a massive operation, and yeah. your your inputs are going to be rather than food scraps. I would suggest looking at manure, so you can do manure management. Before my business, I think it was 2000, the year 2000, we had a problem in a town called Walkerton where there was a lot of rain that year and manure um, from a a nearby dairy farm, the Uh manure got waterlogged and kind of washed into the um, water treatment plant. There was issues at the treatment plant where it was, I don't know. Contaminated. Right? It contaminated, like people yeah. died. It, it's serious. Oh, I'm making yeah. light of it, but people died. It was a very yeah. serious um, thing. The farmer was blamed. It was actually the processing plant, but it was the manure. You know, it's easy to blame the, the manure. Of course. I learned that worms can re- reduce, reduce manure piles by up to 80% and reduce or eliminate they gram. And process it into soil? 
and process it into more um, into soil that we can handle because they're taking away E. coli, Salmonella, Shingella, the the pathogens that cause trouble for humans. They they neutralize those. So uh -huh. I was like, wow, this this would be a perfect place. I kind of had an idea early on, but it was I might have been too early in my business where people weren't ready. We didn't have a big enough um, climate crisis yet. Yeah. Um, you know, we, sometimes we have to wait till we hit the bottom where we go, right. oh, we better do something. Be so we're bad. there. The world's collapsing. Now we're, we're there, people. <laughs> yeah, we're way beyond there, I think. You know, where I was going to go around to uh, um, horse farms, because horse people, like there's a big horse um, area where I live, like a big okay. um, yeah. Where people have horse farms, and yeah, sure. Right, the stables and the yeah, you know whatever. Like that. We go west, it's yeah. horse country, yeah. So horse people, horse manure is a great thing, but horse people don't want to manage the manure, right? They right. just want to ride the horses and show you whatever. Stalls and move it right, right? Yeah. Where where the the cattle people, they know the value of the manure. They're using the manure. They're using yeah. it on their fields, right? They they're using yeah. everything. The, so I was so I thought I could target the horse people because they don't want to manage the manure. If I right, could get not them to farmers, so they're not yeah they're not farmers. No, they just want so, you to take it. Yeah, so I didn't want to take it. I wanted to add worms in the pile because I don't I I don't have a property. So I wanted to go around to all these farms, add like inoculate all their piles with worms, and then I would have an endless supply of worms, and they would have wonderful soil. It yeah. didn't end up happening, but anyone listening, that there you go. There's a little strategy for you. Yeah, well, I would think you'd want to pick up the manure, right, and bring it to your facility if you had one and compost it there because – But that's know. a challenge. Yeah. Rich, the, the, problem, the problem with that is because as soon as you're moving any um, waste, now you're a waste hauler. Now you have to have an environmental assessment. Yeah, you fall on – yeah, New Jersey is the same way. If you right? want to set up a company, some of the questions they ask are about do you haul hazardous waste, do you move this, do you do the organic thing you need – other licenses and you got to be controlled by the DEP and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Right. So it, it becomes very complicated on how, like same, uh, <laughs> I wrote my town and said that I was like um, recycling dilapidate. I'm in, I'm in the, where I live is used to be the vegetable, the carrot and onion capital for Canada. Okay. So we you have a lot of farms and we have dilapidated vegetable crates, you know, they don't have any bottom. Yeah. And I was like, these will be perfect worm bins for outside. They don't have a bottom. This is perfect. Okay. So I wrote the town and told them that I was using <laughs> recycling dilapidated vegetable crates and they sent bylaw after me. <laughs> what were you doing wrong? They said, you can't run that business from your house. And I'm like, what? what? Why not? Because I was too honest. Yeah, that's, that's another problem is that you can't do – I tell a lot of people this. you got to deal with the Board of Health. you got to deal with commercial rules. You can't necessarily do this from, like, your garage. So you got to look into that if you're going to be doing it beyond a hobby or beyond for your family or your own, you know, consumption. So, um, all right. So let's get into a little bit about the the business planning and running the business because I am I, – I, I applaud you for, you know, taking a course and writing a business plan knowing that, like a lot of people – You've never run a business before. I mean, everybody tells me they're the accidental entrepreneur because they never ran a business before, but they don't tell me that they went and took a course mm. to write a business plan. They'll usually tell me, well, I don't really have a business plan. I have some things written down and I have processes and things like that, but they don't have a formal business plan. And a business plan is kind of where you work out the issues, most of the issues, at least up front. So they're not all surprises later on. There's always issues, right? 
So what would you say was the most challenging thing when you got started in terms of um, like writing the business plan? Because I find people, they labor on that. They think it's going to be so difficult. Oh, taking this course was really beneficial because first of all, they talked about each of the components. It was a six month course. So that's a long course for a business plan. Yeah. Um, So each of the pieces like the marketing, the, you know, the script writing, the, how do you price yourself? Right. And the forecasting, like how do you forecast when you've never had a sale in your life? How do you decide how much you're going to make? Yeah. Best case and worst case. And then the in-between. Like, you know, it's just, it's obviously a guessing game at the beginning because you have no idea. (laughs) Right. You can do research and do a little bit of figuring things out and find something that's equivalent and, you know, do your, I have people that literally can't tell me why they're pricing their product the way they are when they start. They go, well, I don't know. I, I I think everyone's paying five bucks. So that's what we're charging. Well, do you know how much does it cost you? We're not really sure. And Mm. they know what it costs them for hard cost of goods sold, but they don't have any idea what their other costs are. And they're not accounting for any of that or their own labor or whatever. And they're actually losing money and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's important. Like during that course, they had us do a market survey where we wrote out, okay, go and survey, whatever. I can't remember how many people we needed to people like worms or don't like worms or don't want to deal with them or whatever. Right. How much would they pay? Would they pay for a service to harvest? Like all of those kind of questions about my particular business. And we all had to do it. And it was beautiful because I I think there was 20 people in the course Uh and we all had very different ideas. Yeah. But every course, every business is the same in that we're all flogging, right? Yep. Products or services. That's it. Yep. People you know, you have the skills. You can start another. Well, you did start another business. You got the sprouters and, you know, yeah, it's really transferable. It's not, I mean, look, there's different things to figure out, right? There's different marketing. There's different, you know, you got to talk to different people. You got to figure it out with the pricing, whatever, but the components are the same. They are. And I, I didn't realize that I would actually be creating the market. I, di- I right. didn't realize yeah, that. True. Like you can't find the worm marketplace, right? It didn't exist. It didn't exist. There was a woman, uh, Mary Applehoff from Michigan, who wrote okay. a book, Worms Eat My Garbage, in the 70s. Uh-huh. She was a microbiologist. And oh, my gosh, in her book, she's like, you could have worms in your kitchen. And I was like, in 2002, I felt like an alien. Like people yeah. are like, I, no, I'm not having worms in my house. I can only imagine what it was like for Mary in the 70s and 80s. Oh, people probably thought she was... You know, it's funny because if you go to like health food stores, when I grew up, my I had neighbors that were into health food and all that kind of stuff. You would go to the health food store. It was like a weird place to go. Right. All the weirdos would go there. Now, Whole Foods, it's all mainstream. It's not like it was then. So I could imagine in the 70s, anybody wants to read about composting and worms. It was just like a small niche community, you know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so I would s- suggest for people to um, yeah, have repeat customers. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, <laughs> subscription based or repeat customers is important. You got to think about that. Okay, now that I've sold worms to everybody and they're all self sufficient, now I don't have any customers. That that's a problem. Now what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and be ready to to add new products or services. Be ready to like what do the people want? That's what right. you want to provide. Absolutely. You know, I I learned early on. I didn't know I was going to be a speaker. Uh, but that's how I, I made most of my money uh, over the past 20 years was through workshops and speaking yeah. gigs. That's what they do. They pay you to come into the schools and stuff. Yes. Not, yeah. Cause you're not getting the kids to buy worms from you. That wasn't the purpose of it. It was to educate. Yeah. 
Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So then I added on the, you know, I was using that Sproder for 10 years. <laughs> and then I met Tony at another event and he said, why don't you sell this Sproder with your worm business? And I was like, oh my gosh, why don't I? That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then my booth was really, really confusing. I would have sprouts at one end and worms on the other end. And people would see that little sprout grow and say, is that the worm bin? <laughs> right. Food. Yeah. <laughs> what you want fun. here? You want to try some sprouts? And <laughs> so I was right. actually sampling the sprouts and then handling the worms over here. I mean, it was, yeah. I'm sure I was a health hazard. <laughs> yeah, that's a health department's nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we once had a, because we have a farmer's market, like a lot of towns, right? The organic farmers. And there was a guy, I think he was a, either vegetables. It must have been like the pickle guy, right? So he had, like you could take samples of the pickles, right? And then you take a uh, a toothpick and you pick up the pickle and then you put the toothpick in the bin. Well, the problem was that people would like take the toothpick and then they would take several mm. uh, pickles, right? Which the guy, I guess the guy didn't care about. But when the health inspector came around, he went nuts. He's like, you got to have, and the guy's like, well, that's too many toothpicks and I don't have enough. And the guy left. He went to another market because mm. he didn't like the health inspector. But I think they made him do the same thing at the other market, you know? Because you can't you can't cross contaminate things, yeah. You know, and especially today, we're I mean we're uber aware of all these uh, yeah all these things. Yeah, very much so. Our immune systems are a mess, and so forth. So you said that you don't have a property, so you don't have like an outdoor place where you do. This is all indoors. It's all indoors. In the summer, I can do it outside. Uh, for about six years, I did have access to a farm. And okay. again, the universe is so interesting. I spoke, it was Valentine's Day, so poetic, at a, <laughs> at a garden club, right? They have five hearts. Yeah, I right. Love, right? So I was like, oh, worms have five hearts each, 800 to 1,000 in a pound. It's a perfect Valentine's gift. And here it is, Valentine's Day. Right. So I was speaking at, at uh, that club and one of the gentlemen contacted me the next day and said, my wife and I were in the audience. He happened to be from Michigan. Okay. So he heard that, you know, we're sending all this stuff to Michigan and here I have a solution to save Michigan. And I think he must have heard, oh, she's saving the hometown. I'm, I'm, I need to help this girl. So I, I don't know what happened, but he said, I want you to come. They were retired tree farmers. And he said, I want in it in the town next next to mine. And he said, I want you to come and run your business from my farm. Okay. No cost. That's nice. Wow. No in the house. And no worms in the house. They were in the barn. So I went, it was such a beautiful thing. It's just, you know, I was just so moved that like there's all kinds of people out there. So my big advice for people, entrepreneurs yeah. or anybody is to ask for help. Yeah, people Just like Just ask. That. And right. I have they an like expression that. is, it's without awareness, action is impossible. And it had to do with my worms. If you don't know that you can have worms in the house, you're not calling. That's bad right. for business. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you don't think about it that way. You'll be like, well, I don't have room for worms outside and do this stuff. And you're like, no, you can do it in your house. Yeah. I can't imagine I that pound of worms for Valentine's Day is not much of a gift for your loved one. You're like, hey, unless look, they love, unless they, they love gardening. Hearts in here. <laughs> you know? Like, great. We're going to compost our garbage now, but look, I don't know. I mean, in the future, we may all be forced to do this. I hope so. Governments may actually say everyone has to have, just like we do recycling, right? Everyone has to have a composting program at their house. And this is, you're getting, here's your kit and you got to do this. And we got people come by and pick it up and use the soil and, 
you know, because a lot of this stuff never happens unless governments require it. Things get so bad, you know. Absolutely. And it's a resource. We call it garbage, but it's only garbage because we call it so. In right. Canada, uh, we have 10 provinces. One of our provinces, the only province has that has banned organics from landfill because all of their raw sewage, all of their raw stuff was going right into the ocean. Ew, like, yeah. sorry, but that's not right. That's not cool. So they banned yeah. everything. They've cleaned everything up. And so when that happened. So where does our organic people, garbage go? Uh, everyone has to manage their own. So they have, uh, we have some uh, collection programs. Got it. And people are composting their stuff. People are worm composting. There's, you know, we just look for another, if that's elite, okay, we can't do that. So now what are we, we going to do? do? Something else, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, look, people, they got rid of plastic bags in New Jersey, like last year, I think, or a year wow. before. Wow. Like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to whenever carry? Well, people have learned now they have bags in their car. They get them paper bags that are, you know, decom that decompose and stuff. And we've all, I know, made a huge impact on the environment. But, you know, it's a start. You know, it's a start. But I, I think that um, what happens with all this other stuff? Like, what, what do we do with all the plastic and the, the things that worms can't convert? What happens with those? Well, we need to really be mindful about what we're buying. You know, we, do, we really need to look at all of the things that we're doing. Um, and I, that's the challenge, Mitch, is there's so many issues so that it's people get overwhelmed. Problem. You can't just buy an electric car and you save the planet. There are petroleum-based products throughout our lives and through all, I mean, think just like, you know, beauty products and shampoos and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. It's all plastic and it's all, you know, and then the, you know, we're going to recycle 95% of this in 30 years. It's not going to happen. It didn't happen in the seventies no. because it doesn't happen. You can't recycle that stuff. It breaks down and, you know, gets into stuff. So I, that's what I think is a bigger problem. I think of ultimately like that province in Canada, other areas will say to people, listen, you can't put this stuff in the garbage anymore. You got to do X, Y, and Z, and this is how you do it. And people, you're right, will change. Their children will grow up and they'll change. It'll take a little while. The bigger problem- California's is getting there. San Francisco has banned. Yeah. And, and California's way ahead of all that stuff with the cardboard and all that stuff. You know, they're basically like, listen, you want to come to our state? You can't do this. So, you know, you got to follow the rules. But that came from government. It didn't come from people just saying, hey, let's do this. People don't act that way. People don't say, oh, hey, worms are good for everything. Let's all do it. It doesn't work that way. So that's my bigger concern is that I know this is getting a little bit off the topic, but that's my bigger concern is like, you know, we're, we're it's so complex, like you said, that the solution is so multifaceted and there's so many people on earth and doing different things and governments that don't care. And, you know, that it's almost, I hate to say this, but it's almost inevitable that we, because we are consuming this planet, right? At an alarming rate. We've really only been an industrial society for like, what, 200 years or something yeah. like that, two or 300 years with, with, you know, we went from farming to machinery, to oil, to, to computers and technology, right? It happened in a very short period of time. So go another 200 years from now. And like you said, the soil will be depleted. The air won't be good. The, you know, all this stuff, it's just going to be garbage. It's going to be like that movie. It was that cartoon. It wasn't a cartoon, but it was an animated thing where the people were up in the spaceship and the machines were down there moving the garbage around. Mm. And, you know, the planet wasn't habitable. 
I'm not saying it's going to, I mean, maybe in a thousand years it will be, but it's problematic. And uh, I look, I appreciate what you're doing, not only as a business owner, but, you know, you have a passion about doing things better and helping and you're not just in love with worms. That's not what it's all about. You're, you know, you found some really good things about it. Um, so how do people get in touch with you and learn about you? We'll put things in the show notes, but what's the best way to interact with you and learn about you? So my worm website is probably the best. It's kathyscomposters.com, Kathy with a C. Um, Yeah, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Okay, good. All right. Twitter for now, who knows? (laughs) Exactly. Um, I thank you for joining me today. I'm going to run the closing notes and then stay on. We'll we'll stop the recording. But, um, you know, enjoy the weekend up in Canada and keep – I'm going to learn more about worms. I got to learn more about worms and composting. Wonderful. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. In our house too. So I appreciate coming on. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.